0: Welcome back to Club Natters. I'm Robin Cowan.
1: And I'm Glenn Moore.
0: Thank you for streaming our first podcast on data protection. We hope you found it useful. That episode is still available on iTunes and the Club Matters website if you missed it. Just head to the podcast section and type in Club Natters.
1: This is your one-stop shop for everything around grassroots sport. Each episode, we aim to cover a different topic which will help running a grassroots club. If you have any questions or comments about any of the issues that are raised on the podcast, don't hesitate to get in touch. You can find us on Twitter, at Club Matters. On Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Sport England Club Matters. Or via the website, www.sportenglandclubmatters.com.
0: In the coming months, we'll be focusing on funding, gift aid and sponsorship. But as Volunteer Week is approaching soon, we're going to discuss just that during this episode, volunteering.
1: Our special guest this week... Kristen Stevenson, will help guide us through the key issues of volunteering, what it entails, what impact it can make, and most importantly, how you can get involved and get others to help you.
0: We'll have our regular feature Club Matters meets. This time we're chatting with ex-England and Warwickshire cricketer Ian Bell. We'll also hear from another thriving grassroots sports club in Deer Park Archers. And to finish, we'll answer your questions.
1: If you have played sport at any level, you will almost certainly have been helped by a volunteer at some stage there is also a high chance you will have been involved as a volunteer yourself in some capacity.
0: Research by Sport England found that nearly 15% of England's over-16 population, that's one in every seven adults, have volunteered at least twice in the last year to support sport and physical activity. That includes running committees, refereeing, coaching, doing the admin, providing transport, even cooking up a few bacon butties or serving behind the bar. Put simply... Without volunteers, the majority of sports played in England would not take place. Even at the elite and professional level, volunteers are either directly involved, think of all those games makers at the London Olympics, or contributed to the development of the athletes performing. Glenn, you've played sports your whole life. You must have first-hand experience of the benefits of volunteers.
1: Well, I played football, cricket and hockey as a teenager, and there were always adults there helping out with organising teams and practice and doing the various things around the club. As Kate and Helen Richardson-Walks mentioned in the last podcast, there were valuable life lessons to be learned about handling yourself in an adult environment, as well as the direct benefits in terms of coaching, transport, etc.
0: Yeah, I still play football and do karate. I think it's sometimes easy to take for granted just how much time and effort the coach has put in for little or no monetary reward. My team's football coach, Dan, plans the sessions in his own time with the aim of teaching us something new, as well as making it fun. That's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're coaching people of different ages and different abilities.
1: Yeah, I've seen it from the other side as well. I mean, I'm very conscious that I'm a role model to the kids I coach, just in the way I deal with referees and parents or issues between players. Volunteering can be good for the volunteer. In recent years I've begun teaching journalism. I found my coaching experience has been hugely beneficial when I'm in front of a class for the first time. The basic principles of planning a session, being able to adapt it on the hoof, encouraging participation and interaction, apply just as much on the field as in the classroom.
0: I completely agree with that. I've been teaching karate for some time and it's just so rewarding when a student puts into practice what you're trying to get across. And I think it's hard to measure just how much volunteering has helped me in my career in broadcasting and in general day-to-day life. It teaches you how to communicate with all sorts of different people of different ages and backgrounds. And I'm really not sure anything other than volunteering can teach you how to do that more effectively.
1: As volunteers are so crucial to the survival and success of grassroots sports clubs, it is important for clubs to think about how they can attract and keep volunteers. And to do that, they often need to think about the experience of volunteers at the club. What is it like to be a volunteer at this club and how can we as a club make our environment and atmosphere more conducive and appealing to volunteers this is something we will be talking about in today's podcast joining us now is kristen stevenson head of volunteering at sport england welcome kristen thanks how did you become involved with sport england and volunteering
2: well my career started in the voluntary sector and so i've always worked with volunteers For example, I started um, with my first job at a local age UK, working with older people, and volunteers supported everything that we did. And in that role, I took on um, overseeing the volunteering in the organisation, so the whole volunteer journey from recruitment to ongoing support. But I've always been passionate about sport, so the role at Sport England really appealed to me. And I was really excited by the ambition that Sport England has to get more people involved in volunteering, but also to reach out and get new people interested in volunteering in sport.
1: In my experience, you can never have enough volunteers, and that's not an isolated example. At Kent Sport, were in touch with us. They said our club survey revealed 88% of clubs use volunteers when within the club. 55% use parents specifically. Just 5% of clubs use external volunteers, people not involved in the club like that. Um, Kent Sport added, 51% of clubs say they want help recruiting volunteers. How can clubs access other volunteers?
2: Well, I think firstly, it's important that the club is welcoming and you create that welcoming, open environment. Um, So creating an atmosphere, and environment that feels welcoming to new volunteers is really important. Making sure your club is visible out there in the local community can help you to attract people who aren't already engaged with the club. Um, So making sure that you have information about volunteering that's visible. So on your website, using social media, but actually connecting with other organisations in your local area as well. So local organisations like volunteer centres, county sports partnerships, schools, colleges or maybe even local businesses might have people who are interested in volunteering with the club and have really important skills to offer. Um, so you potentially thinking about how you can reach out um, beyond just that word of mouth recruitment from people connected with the club.
0: Before you joined us we were
2: discussing the importance of
0: volunteers in sports provision. It seems without them a lot of community sport just wouldn't happen.
2: Would it be fair to say that's the case? Absolutely. Um, Sports volunteers are absolutely vital for community sport. Um, They make sport and physical activity happen. One volunteer can enable about eight participants to take part. But they also play a really important role in shaping the experience of participants and the experience of sport. So it's often the volunteers that really make the difference at those big events, give them that really unique feel. At a local sports club level, it's the volunteers that are doing the coaching. It's the volunteers that are doing the the back office stuff that really just helps keep the club running. They're absolutely essential. But they can also create that welcoming social environment that we know clubs provide too.
1: Sport England's own research suggests that there's not that many young people who volunteer. They're normally receiving the help. Um, my son is currently volunteering volunteer a local community o- organisation. as part of his Duke of Edinburgh award scheme, which I suspect a lot of clubs aren't aware of, that the kids have to find somewhere to volunteer. Might that be a way to encourage younger volunteers, maybe linking with schools who tend to run the D of E schemes?
2: Yeah, definitely. Working with schools and colleges can be a great way to reach young people and encourage them to volunteer with your club. Um, But it doesn't necessarily have to be with the Duke of Edinburgh scheme. It could also be through other college courses that people are um, part of, where they need to build their skills, their experience, their CV. Volunteering can be a really good way to develop... Um, develop your skills um, and help you move on to that next step in your career or your education and for young people that can be a really important driver.
1: And I guess it looks good on a CV as well.
2: Absolutely, schools, colleges, universities and employers are often looking for volunteering experience now as a way to demonstrate what skills you have.
0: So once you've found these volunteers
2: what can clubs do to encourage them to stick at it? Well, that's a really good question because the hard work isn't done once you've got volunteers in the club. Um, I think, firstly, don't lose the fun. Um, Once volunteers are in place in roles, it can be easy for their roles and responsibilities to develop, especially for those really important superstar volunteers that take on lots of different roles in the club. It's really important to kind of ensure that they still find their role fun. You know, people are choosing to give their time to volunteer with the club, so you need to make it fun and enjoyable and exciting. So so remember that fun factor. Um, if it starts to feel like a chore, it could turn people off. Um, related to that, I think you can think about making it social as well. Um, people really like the fact that through volunteering they can meet people they wouldn't usually socialise with. It helps them get to know their local community. Um, And often it's the friendships and the kind of camaraderie that you build through volunteering that keeps people there and keeps people sticking at it. Um, I think you also need to understand that people's motivations and their lives might change. So you need to be a bit flexible too. So if a role does become too demanding for them, think about how you might flex and change that role. So how might you let someone reduce their commitment? Um, so that it's more manageable and it fits in people's lifestyles. I think that's one of the most important things I learned as a volunteer manager. Volunteering doesn't happen in a bubble. It needs to fit in with people's lives. Well, what about
1: training? I mean, it's easy to assume when someone turns up to help out your club that that they will know what to do. But in many cases, they won't have done it before or they might have been at a different club that do it differently.
2: Absolutely. Training can be a really important part of making sure that volunteers feel confident in their role. Um, and they have the practical know-how to do it well too. So think about how you can offer training that will give them the practical know-how and the confidence. Um, Think about how you offer that flexibility as well. Often people are doing training alongside a job or caring responsibilities. They might have kids at school. So think about different approaches to training um, to offer that flexibility, maybe training in the evenings, um, on the job training perhaps buddying someone up with a more experienced volunteer they can learn from or thinking about online and how that might help Um, and make sure it's going to leave them informed enough to do their volunteering but don't feel like you have to cover everything in one go because that could feel quite overwhelming. Speaking of training, child protection is a really high profile
0: issue in sport at the moment. Are there regulations clubs should be aware of regarding training
2: and overseeing volunteers in this area or just simple good practice guidelines? a really important area for clubs to consider. Um, It's really important to make sure that both participants and volunteers are part of a safe environment within a club. And so thinking about safeguarding and child protection in relation to overseeing volunteers and volunteer management is is equally as important. There's lots of support and guidance out there, so clubs aren't alone in this. It can feel like a very scary topic because it's important to get it right. Um, So there's lots of guidance on there, um, on club matters around, safeguarding and child protection essentially there's some key things that clubs need to think about Um, so volunteers should be made aware of the safeguarding policies in place um, and should know who the welfare officer is as part of their induction and training so right from the very start of that volunteers involvement they should be see and understand what the processes are around safeguarding and it's generally good practice for clubs to have a lead for safeguarding and welfare. So a dedicated welfare officer, for example, um, and for clubs to make sure that they've undertaken relevant training. So that welfare officer, for example, cannot access training organised by national governing bodies for the sport that they're part of. And often local authorities and county sports partnerships offer that training too. So it's really important to really factor in volunteering as part of that safeguarding an approach to welfare within the club and make sure volunteers are aware of those processes.
1: Talking before we came on, you mentioned you did the London Marathon. I imagine that's something that requires a huge amount of volunteers in terms of directing you to places, handing out the water and those sort of things, and even small running races. Whenever I see them in the street, there's always people with flags or making sure you don't run in the wrong direction.
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, the marathon, it's it's a huge event and couldn't run without a huge number of volunteers Um, and they're involved from every aspect of the day from as you say getting people ready in the right starting pen making sure people had water on such a hot day um, standing on the sidelines handing out water to runners and providing that support but certainly um, in smaller events that I've seen it's been the volunteers that have really made the day for me whether it's helping out with refreshments at the end or just making you feel calm and collected at the start they really make the experience for me. People
0: tend to think of the benefits volunteers can bring to others.
2: Me and Glenn have been talking about what we've got
0: out of volunteering. What benefits do you think the volunteers can gain from the experience?
2: Well, at that we talk about the dual benefit of volunteering. So it's absolutely about the benefit that volunteers get from taking part as well as the participants that they help get active. Um, there's a whole body of research that shows um, that volunteering can have a really positive impact on individuals, Um Data from our Active Lives survey and other research shows that volunteering in sport in particular can have a really positive impact on mental well-being, on individual development, so development of skills and experience, um, but also social and community development, so there's an impact on the community. So, for example, people who volunteer in sport are more likely to, to report higher levels of social trust because it enables them to feel connected to their community and their surroundings. There's also been other research that shows that people who volunteer in sport are actually happier, so more likely to report higher levels of happiness. So volunteering in sport is not just good for grassroots sports and for sports clubs, it's good for everyone and potentially good for society too. So just to wrap things
0: up, what five things would you recommend clubs think about to help offer people as good a volunteer experience as possible?
2: Well... They should think about recruiting um, beyond just the club, so reaching out into the community to bring in new volunteers and new ideas. Don't lose the fun, so actually keep the the volunteering exciting and fun. Be flexible to allow people to fit volunteering in around their lifestyles. Offer ongoing support to volunteers in their roles. Um, And last but not least, say thank you for their contribution.
1: All good advice. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Kristen. That will be very helpful information for clubs wishing to develop their volunteering. I'm sure.
0: And remember, if you need any further information on any topic discussed today, or indeed anything to do with the running of your sports club, do check out www.sportenglandclubmatters.com. It's time now for our regular Club Matters feature, Club Matters Meets, where we speak to some of the biggest names in sport about their experiences at grassroots level. We had the privilege of speaking with one of the most successful cricketers of his generation, Ian Bell, just a few weeks ago. Ian is a batsman for Warwickshire and has played 118 tests and 161 one-day internationals. The five-times Ashes winner told us about his early days in cricket, the enthusiasm of his coaches and how he's enjoying giving back to the game, coaching youngsters as he approaches the back end of his career. Let's see what he had to say. Hi Ian, we're extremely excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, tell us how old you were when you joined your first cricket club and what was it called?
3: Um, I can't remember exactly how old. I mean, I remember, um, I suppose the first club I went to was when my dad was playing on the weekend, was at Dunchurch uh, Cricket Club, which was literally just at the road. Um, and obviously me and my brother would just play cricket on the side and, and that was my sort of earliest memories of that. But when I first properly got involved in a club side would have been Again, about nine years old, I, went to, I remember going to Coventry and North Warwick, which was the nearest sort of Birmingham League side, um, which obviously was the best league near where we were. Um, and obviously had a fantastic youth setup at the time. So that was sort of my first introduction into, I suppose, youth cricket, um, was at Coventry North Warwick. Um, uh, yeah, which, okay, my, me and my brother went all the way through the age group system there.
0: Tell us about the coaches at Coventry and North Warwickshire.
3: I mean, there's a couple of guys that are still there now, actually a guy called Dave Robinson. Uh, who I remember used to organise a lot of the youth cricket and, and is still there now and, um, uh, you know, doing as much uh, as he can again. Um, like I said, I think the period we have, certainly that generation, we had quite a strong age group and, and um, a good side all the way through. So, um, you know, I've got a lot of fond memories about certainly how I started in grassroots cricket and, and going through, um, which hopefully um, in a way played a massive part of where I got to in it with my career.
0: How important do you think it is to have people like Dave to give up their time and help bring through these young athletes?
3: Yeah, hugely. I mean, like I said, I think you look back. Certainly, myself, I look back on my career, and uh, there's a, there's a number of people that who you look back and, especially when you get your first test cap, or certainly when I got my first test cap, and you get in the excitement of sort of nearly achieving your goal or your dream, uh, but the people that you you know remember the sacrifices that um, or People gave in terms of getting you around the country or to games and driving you around, and yeah, you need a lot of support. You know, not just from the coaches, but everyone, your family, and um, no, I think I, I look back on mine. I was very lucky to have some really good people, like I said, who gave up their time, um, you know, to benefit myself and my friends. Um, you know that, uh, like I said, we could go on and and well, I suppose firstly enjoy the game, and I suppose the enthusiasm they have for the game rubs off on the young guys that they're coaching. So that that's um. You know, that's a that was an important aspect of it as as well as um, you know all the skills and stuff like that It was just pure the enjoyment of, of playing cricket
0: how important is it that coaches love the game does that help make young people enthusiastic about sport
3: yeah I think that's what I think a lot of it is I mean I think um you know there's obviously getting into I suppose professional route um, but when you look right back at the start you want as many kids playing cricket I mean certainly we want as many kids playing cricket and having fun and enjoying it. And like I said, for me, I look back as well, i met a lot of good people through cricket and that was, you know, um, not just about how good you are, but, you know, it's a a game that should be enjoyed. And like I said, you go out there as a team and um, there's a lot of things that you learn through cricket that you can add into other parts of your life as well.
0: What are your favourite memories of playing when you were younger?
3: I think we were just very lucky, you know, we got to play, like I said, again, as an under-11s, we got to play on the main ground, you know, often in the morning before a big Premier League game or we, um, like I said, I just remember, I suppose, the opportunity really that we got to go out there and bat and bowl and do as much as you could. Um, you know, that was that was really, I suppose, part of it. And, um, you know, I can still visage sort of how we used to play in, in the 16-over games and used to bat four overs in a pair and also bowl a couple of... So I can remember right back from the start, how it was, and I suppose the, the, the way it was just organised, everyone got to, got their part to play in the game. And um, like I said, it was really enjoyable. Like I said, I think, um, I suppose of two parts of it, I was lucky in the era area, area I grew up, or oh, I sorry, grew up in my, my, my cricket, Warwickshire were a very successful county at the time. And we had you know, the likes of Alan Donald and Brian Lara that were there as overseas players. So to go and watch them was something again for me at that age, Uh, sort of captured my imagination and like I said Warwickshire I think they did the treble in 93 or 4 and the double as well so that kind of stuff alongside of having a good environment to play at Coventry North Warwick I think really was the start of why I loved the game and why I wanted to go on and 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 play cricket for a living.
0: Is volunteering your time and coaching kids something that you really enjoy doing?
3: Well I mean it's yeah it's quite funny in a way because I've actually just become an ambassador actually for a coaching company uh, called Complete Cricket in Solihull and I've obviously do a lot of work now with those guys. And again, it's actually been really refreshing, really enjoyable to actually start um, doing a bit more of that with, you know, kids with all different um, abilities and and actually seeing how much fun it was actually when you were, a you kid. Know, actually sometimes when you're in the professional game and it's your job, you sort of nearly lose the sight of why you played the game in the first place. And actually having now gone back into and then doing some work with these guys and, and actually doing some coaching sessions with kids from, you know, early, you know, all, all different age groups and abilities and actually why they're there. They actually love the game and they love, uh, you know, playing cricket. So I think it sort of actually has been a little bit refreshing for me to start doing a bit more of this now that I'm the back end of my career um, and something you know, hopefully I'll continue working with these guys for uh, for years to come. And um, and hopefully along the way, you know, there'll be some kids that come through this set up that will go on and play for Warwickshire in England like I did.
0: Do you have any messages that you'd like to give to the volunteers who help all the sports clubs up and down the country? I, well, I think the time that people give, I mean,
3: you, I'd imagine every professional player right to the top, with, you know, with Joe Root at the minute as England captain, I don't think you're going to get there without people giving their time and um, and helping young guys. Because, I mean, again, being a parent now as well, you're only limited to the amount of time you have as well. So you need, um, you know, volunteers and, and, and everyone helping. But um, I suppose it's the love of the game to I suppose you if you can get young guys and girls early that you know I think that's where you really start to love the game and I think a coach mm-hmm. has a massive part to play in the enthusiasm and what um, you know and, and the message they get across and um, uh, yeah so the the, the more and the, hopefully it continues and it's, you know, it keeps going strong I just for my own experience like I said I think I was very lucky to be at the right place at the right time I said with some really good people. Um, which there's no doubt that it sort of captured my imagination and why I wanted to to, to play the game and, and love the game of cricket, really.
0: Thank you very much, Ian Bell, for joining us this month and we wish you the best of luck with Warwickshire this season.
1: I've been lucky enough to cover cricket over the years and if Ian Bell can teach a few youngsters how to play the cover drive the way he does, that will be quite a legacy to pass on. From Warwickshire to Gloucestershire and switching from cricket to archery we are now here from Deer Park Archers and the benefits of clubs being affiliated to Clubmark. Clubmark is Sport England's national accreditation scheme for high quality community sports clubs. Three members of this thriving club have a look at their website and see just how active it is. We'll talk about how Clubmark has helped them. Roger Crang, the club development officer, Alison Pine, the inclusion officer, and Dan Gill, the senior head coach. The fourth voice you will hear is Deborah Potts, CEO of Active Gloucestershire, which is involved in accrediting clubs. We are a
4: company limited by guarantee, a not-for-profit community amateur sports club and an environmental body. We were formed 20 years ago. We have just over 200 main members and 150 members in our satellite clubs
0: our club has a good percentage of members with a disability around about 10 percent and is a champion of archery being inclusive much of our work with external specialist groups requires club mark accreditation so it's essential that we do achieve that i'm pleased to say that thanks to ClubMark's practical nature we receive lots of very positive feedback
4: we have been putting into place practice programs to support all of our archers no matter what they want to achieve we have used the Club Mark framework to make sure we haven't missed anything, and using the excellent resource Club Matters has ensured we haven't. With that framework in place, we have supported a number of our archers to the World Championships, three of which will be returning with medals. The Club Mark application process, uh, in its original form, and this is the third time we've done it, um, was very slow, tended to be one way, and generated a lot of paperwork. The current system, is much more flexible very comprehensive a lot of support mechanisms are provided by club matters and the assessor that's allocated
2: So we're an accredited awarding body for the county Um, so we worked really closely with Deer Park Archers to support and guide them through the process and ultimately to assess them to say they'd got the award. So that meant working closely with them to look at where they were at and in their case they were doing really well and there were a few areas that we supported them with in terms of things like safeguarding, governance Um, and then we re-looked at the stuff that they resubmitted and we were very, very happy to Award
4: them the Club Mark. The impact since we have achieved Club Mark accreditation uh, has been that we've identified a number of areas that we need to develop. We've got a much clearer development plan, particularly in the area of safeguarding, where as a result of the actions that were identified, we've actually applied for and gained a grant to do additional training on the safeguarding front. My advice to clubs that are going through the Club Mark reaccreditation process will be very much engage the the committee as many members as you can make it a team effort
0: Welcome back to the final part of Club Natters In this regular section we ask you our listeners to help out a fellow club In episode one Nottingham Scorpions and Australian Rules team asked for advice on promoting minority sports We had a fantastic response from our listeners with the advice from Paul Davis Fencing Academy particularly standing out to us
1: They have found the best ways to promote their club have been by
0: Having passionate leaders. Passion is infectious.
1: Inclusivity. Everyone is welcome.
0: Individuality. Allow the participants to choose the direction they want to take the sport.
1: Organic growth. Have a sustainable business plan.
0: Structure. Have a strong, well-managed structure with clear values.
1: And create the right team. To grow, you can't do it all yourself. Involve others and ensure you all share the same vision. Thanks to all those clubs that sent in their tips, we need your help again. Alan Barbell Olympic Weightlifting Club asked, what do you think the three biggest challenges are that small clubs face and what are quick and simple solutions to these? We look forward to getting an abundance of great tips and recommendations from you and we'll share them in next month's podcast.
0: That brings us to the end of this episode of Club Natters. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. Our thanks also to Ian Bell for sparing the time to speak with us and to Kristen Stevenson for providing us with all the key information on volunteering and thank you to those of you who've sent in your questions. Keep them coming.
1: Next month we'll be looking at the key issue for many clubs, fundraising. No matter how many good ideas you have, you need resources to implement them, whether it be for equipment, venue hire, publicity volunteer training and a myriad of other things we will look at how you can increase income including sponsorship and gift aid.
0: remember you can contact us on twitter at club matters on facebook that's facebook.com forward slash sport england club matters or www.sportenglandclubmatters.com
1: for me glenn moore
0: and from me robin cowan
1: thanks for listening